Just like that, the final hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. On this Thursday edition, fast-paced show, 6th and Peabody, our location with Ehop Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Schedule release tonight across the National Football League. We already know the season opener. Kicking off the season, of course, the Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Detroit Lions on Thursday, September 7th. NBC, of course, has the first Thursday night game, and then they'll transition to Amazon and all things Amazon Prime. But, Chad, I think it's a big statement by the league to send the Lions on the road to open the season against uh, KC. However, the last time that Kansas City won the Super Bowl, they opened the following season against the Cleveland Browns, who had a ton of hype behind them with Baker Mayfield. They did. And they played well. They had a furious comeback in the fourth. I think the game was like a four or seven point game. It didn't feel that close, but Cleveland felt like a team that you could get behind then. Detroit feels that way right now. Yeah, I like the setup of champion versus lovable loser with expectation. That was the Chiefs-Browns matchup that year. That's Chiefs-Lions now this year. They are the Chicago Cubs of the NFL for you, years and years. You like that and when better that than team, Tampa and Dallas. Yeah, I do. I, I, I like it because, to me, there's clearly a, it's a better game. Well, there's clearly a setup <laughs> of this team has been there and done that, and they're a championship team, and they're Super Bowl champs, versus here is this market and fan base and team that is starved for anything of yeah. what this team has. I like that versus, look, you're not going to go wrong opening night NFL Thursday night. They're going to get a good matchup. But I like that as opposed to the either two behemoth powerhouse past champions or two major market teams accustomed to winning going head-to-head that haven't won a championship recently. I really like this Chiefs-Lions matchup to open the season for that reason. Most of the games kicking off the season will be on September the 10th. September 11th is on a Monday. The Monday night football game, Bills and Jets, will open the season on Monday night football. Uh, Other just uh, games of interest, the Super Bowl rematch will happen the week prior to Thanksgiving. That'll be week 11 where you'll get to see Kansas City and Philadelphia. That has also been announced. Beyond that, Chad, just some interesting matchups. Dolphins, Jets, I've pointed out. Fascinating to me. They put that on Amazon Prime on that thir- on that Black Friday, the first Black Friday game. Because you get one injury or couple, it changes the perception of a Thursday night football schedule, which was the joke last year. No fault of the schedule makers at this time last year. You know, when we're ripping the schedule in October, we're not thinking about what we're saying in May when the schedule comes out. But... A lot can happen between now and then. It also works both ways. We will get the occasional oh, matchup yeah. that surprises that we're not thinking anything about right now that'll turn out to be a marquee game late in the season. Cowboys are going to be on the first Sunday night football game of the season. That's no surprise because they draw a massive audience. They'll be sprinkled throughout the schedule. But among- the Cowboys, I wonder the last time the Cowboys were not in a prime window on open. opening weekend. On either Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, or late afternoon national window to open the season. Like when was the last time the Cowboys just played at noon In on a kickoff one. weekend, week one? Yeah. It hasn't been for a while since Feels like since they've spread been a long out the, time. Yeah, since they've spread out all the different media partners, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, NBA, it's been a while since I've been intrigued in the NBA playoffs this early on and and, and sticking with it, but it keeps delivering. 
Saw it last night. The Warriors, they finally returned serve, even though Steph Curry was cold. Uh, what, he hit three threes? Three for 11, three for 12. Still put up 20-plus. But the storyline remains that can they win on the road? And now L.A. still gets a chance to close them out later this weekend. I think I, they will. I think, yeah, Anthony Davis' situation's one to watch with a shot to the temple. Mm-hmm. But if Anthony Davis can play, I'm going to say exactly what I said last night about the Warriors at home. I'll be saying the same thing about the Lakers at home simply because the Warriors have been awful on the road all season. I don't expect that to change in this series. I think the Lakers probably close it out in game six. And the Knicks, they get a win. They don't let Miami close it out. And now we get to see a, a longer series in that too. That It's a win-win for the NBA. Yesterday, the storyline was we could potentially see in the NBA Finals an eight seed and a seven seed. And now that's still up for grabs in all this. Philadelphia, they take a game lead last night. So they, they have a chance to, excuse me, they have a game lead. They have a chance to close out Boston tonight. And uh, Denver can do the same. Boston was really bad last night. I got to watch a lot of the second half of that game. Yeah. Uh, terrible. Well, but the 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 Suns. Well, in though, their last game. Their sorry. last game. They uh, played uh, yeah. tonight. Two two nights ago, they were they now, were off. Now they're in Philly. Yeah, that's two bad performances in Boston by the Celtics. I was surprised they were that bad in Boston. Knicks Heat last night. Um, the Knicks got it going a little bit late in that game, but I I just still they're up nineteen in the second half. The Heat had and a they furious, could not just put them away. And when you leave Duncan Robinson over, he's going to make you uh, open. He's going to make you pay. Uh, Lowry, I thought, was really good for the Heat also. There's not been one time in this series, Hutton, where I felt like the, the Knicks were a better team than the Heat, even when the Knicks were winning. When they win at home, I still feel like the Heat are far superior to this Knicks team. Chad, some NFL scheduling leaks coming out. You ready for a few of them? I'm always ready for schedule leaks. The Giants. It'll be the Giants and the Cowboys. Were these supposed to come out on a show or something? Is there still a scheduled show for no, this? No, but... No. Well, there will be a show tonight, but here's why they're leaked. It's because all the teams, they already know their schedule. They were told this either late last night or early this morning because they, their social media teams need time to prep these yeah, release videos. Yeah, they've got the, the videos to get ready. So it, it's hard to keep everything silent. Not every team's schedule is out. Uh, but Cowboys are going to be on Sunday Night Football against the Giants to open week one. The Let's see. They will also be on the road for they'll be home, excuse me, against the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. So they do have a, a handful of primetime games. Also, Derek Carr, this from uh, Ari Maroff, who we had on from the 33rdteam.com. Derek Carr will make his regular season debut with the Saints at home in week one against the Tennessee Titans. So you'll see either Tannehill or Levis on the road against Derek Carr, according to the 33rdteam.com in week one. I'm, I'm okay with that. New Orleans. That's, um, that's probably that's a good week one matchup for those two teams. Um, so we had a uh, event at Topgolf last weekend and got a text as we're playing on the, the third level. You know, Topgolf, by the way, these, you know how you come across things, you're like, why didn't I think of this? A bowling alley for golf, meaning... You can be any skill level and have a great time. You can absolutely be horrific at playing golf and have a great time at Top Golf. Well, we had the one too about Nolan Ryan's investment and what's basically the baseball version of that. 
where you yes. can go hit in a batting cage, but you get your own bays. You get your own bays and for it's the your batting cage. Your own bartender, basically, and yeah. food set and up a and all that. Ball, there's a wiffle ball field. It is too easy of a good idea for me to think that, that we didn't have this a long, long time ago. I met some of the investors with the one here, and they said it cost on average about $40 million to get going in one spot. And then from there, within the first couple of months, you can not get your money back, but you feel pretty comfortable about your investment. Yeah, without, that you're going to make it back in, in a relatively time. short amount of time. So I got a text, and I went down and met Will Levis, Titans current third-string quarterback, if you want to believe the, uh, you know, the fact that he's actually behind Malik Willis right now in the depth chart, which is not true, and uh, the backup to Ryan Tannehill. And I went up and said hello to him, introduced myself, and I just said, hey, you know, uh, welcome to town. I want to let you know, like, uh, I'm not happy with the pick. I've been talking trash. But if you go in and you want to beat out Ryan Tannehill, I'm all for it. Uh, cover the SEC. We've certainly covered your games. You're welcome on the show anytime. Very cool dude. And he just simply responded by saying, hey, man, all good. Uh, I've heard nothing but trash talked about me throughout this draft process. So it's, you know, all fair. I'm like, all perfect. So their first rookie outing at Topgolf the same night we were all out this there. This made me feel better about the pick when you said his reaction yeah. to you coming right up and just stating, yeah. I have talked a lot of trash about you, and he just rolled with it. Yeah, and I, well, I said, like, I, I totally trash about the fact that I wouldn't have picked you, you know, with their pick in the 11th overall pick or the number one overall. Yeah. I mentioned you know, ripping Mel Kuyper, whatever. Mayonnaise in his coffee. Cool dude. just kept going on all the reasons he doesn't like him. No, I didn't mention any of that. Uh, but I did come across over the weekend, the survey. And I want to get you and, and Davey to chime in on the survey of Will Levis. Because I, the perception of Will Levis, I think, is different than how I read this survey that he took, which is given to all the rookies. You name, like, hey, spell your first, middle, last name, your parents' names, uh, your pets' names, uh, different things, fun facts, whatever. That's how they come up with the Media Guide bio. Instead of just what you did at Kentucky, what you did at Alabama, what you did at USC, whatever. Tell me where it meets the perception you have of Will Levis. Okay. Family members currently or previously in the military. His grandfather served in the Air Force in Vietnam. Okay. Good. The thing or things people find most interesting about you. He wrote, well-rounded in athletics and academics, graduated magna cum laude. Okay, sounds like, you know, a solid student. This is where you're going to love. Phi Beta Kappa. Will Levis. Superstitions or pregame rituals? None. Oh, I'm, I'm a fan. That's, that's making me move more in his None. direction. None. Love it. Big, big fan of that. Significance of jersey number? None. Okay. Hutton, don't make me like this guy. Chad, your thoughts so don't far? Make, don't make me recant everything that I've said about Will Levis thus wore, far. Of course, he wore seven at Kentucky. He's wearing this. eight now in the NFL. No significance I like both whatsoever. those answers. It would be weird for them to make Malik switch numbers. Also, uh, well, he can get seven back soon. Also, <laughs> hilarious. But yeah, degree earned, yes or no? Yes, undergrad PSU graduate Kentucky. Okay, that's good. I didn't realize he actually graduated from Penn State. I mean, he was magna cum laude. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that, Dave, in the uh, previous answer. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I thought it was just for I Kentucky. Love this answer. Name of. Sp- Name of spouse slash fiance, if if it applies. Right, you ready? Yep. Girlfriend. He wrote girlfriend. <laughs> Name of spouse, fiance. 
Girlfriend. Girlfriend. Chad, your thoughts? That makes me question him a little bit because <laughs> I don't know if he's trying to be cute. If he's trying to be a little bit cheeky no, no, with no, the no, answer. No, 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 I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. He's letting everyone know he's taken without uh, saying none. He's letting everyone know he's taken without saying none. It's see, a brilliant I would have preferred, move. I would have preferred him put N-A. It is a brilliant not move. A, not applicable no, 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 because no. he does not have he, a fiancé or wife. Davey, if you had a girlfriend, sorry, I mean this, uh, respectfully. Yeah, no, no, go, go with that. <laughs> We've talked about my dating life, If yes. you had a girlfriend, would you write girlfriend on this sheet? Probably not if it's asking for a spouse or yeah, fiance. It says name of, of fiance or wife. So you put NA, not applicable. You don't have one. They're asking I, for their name. He saved himself an yeah, argument. I wouldn't he put saved her name himself down. an argument and he did it nonchalant. I respect him for I mean, Alkick's already writing articles about Gia. Like I, yeah, I've, seen, I've seen I've seen her weekend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everyone has. It's on the front page of the, of the site if you go there. Uh, I would have liked it more, Hutton, if he put girlfriend and then, is it Gia, is her name, Davey? <laughs> yes. Girlfriend slash Gia. Because the question, this to me, this I, I, I'm nitpicking, but you got to nitpick the quarterback position. Sounds like a guy doesn't know how to follow instructions. Because that's that, not what the question is asking. No, no, so no. if you want to clarify, girlfriend, sounds, Gia, sounds like a guy who's I'm good with that. the opposite of what I expected here. Okay. Football role model. Grandfather. He ended every conversation with, quote, never give up, which is the meaning behind the tattoo on his arm, Second Chronicles 15.7. The verse says, but as for you, stay strong and do not give up, for your effort will be rewarded. Thoughts? Um, I like that he's into his granddad, who also served in the military. I don't like my quarterback with a <laughs> bicep tat. <laughs> Just... Just being honest. All right. Don't like when the guy drops back and he pulls it back and he's got second chronicles across the bye. Not, not a big fan. I would like to know another player that he wants to emulate his game after. So I don't know if they're just asking for one person there. Yeah. There's like it's football role model, mentor. Oh, if he'd gotten but, really specific with the player, you know, like someone just off the wall that he would have gone with as, as his guy. Like if he said Chad Pennington – as his role model growing up in Connecticut or whatever. Like, that would have been Massachusetts. So, so specific that I would have loved that. His, he's from Connecticut. His, uh, well, he's currently living in Massachusetts, sorry. Yeah, he's, he, he's from Connecticut. He um, was working with Matt Hasselbeck throughout the draft process. That's been his mentor through this process. Um, top three artists you'd have on your festival lineup. Okay. Tyler Childers, Drake, and Pearl Jam. That is a great mix, and it brings everybody to the festival. Yeah, he won me with Pearl Jam. Like I'm not going to Well, he have won a he won someone with, with any of those answers. Yeah, but again, you no, know, I, I, I I'm being I'm being really nitpicky here. Is he trying to win over people with the again, answers or exactly. is he giving me an did honest answer? Did he give a douchebag answer or not? That's the criteria. The answer's no, he it, did not. It's a douchebag move to try to answer the way you want you think people want to answer. I don't think he's lying. If he he's might like them, the but truth, he's, then... he's trying to make people like him. I, I, I think that's trying too hard not being authentic. I could be wrong, but that's how that one comes across. I think he listens to all three. and I think, I that... think it's a good answer. I also think that it's one that, it, to me, seems a bit contrived in that you're trying to hit every genre. It's like, I don't know, let me see here. Let's go Willie Nelson, uh, Lil Wayne, and uh, Nirvana, that, if Kurt Cobain was still that, alive. That answer, up until that answer... He was I'm doing everything Nirvana right. With, with Cobain dead. He, he's wanting me to. He's Just wanting saying. everyone to like him with that answer. But you got to know you're going to have detractors no matter what. So let's just be blunt. Uh, if, if 
me, Chad, and Clay are in Knoxville. We're listening to all three of these artists uh, as we go to uh, Neyland Stadium. Oh, for sure. But he's saying festival. I guess this is like a dream scenario festival lineup, not currently Off-the-field interests and hobbies. He pays attention to the stock market, loves movies, and going to the beach. Don't love it. Uh, the stock market one's interesting. Dude's got his master's degree. I, I love movies. Um, going to the beach. I mean, it, it's a fine answer. It's not one with a lot of specificity. For a guy with a girlfriend, I mean, going to the beach is a requirement. Yep. She had a weekend also. Can see it Best celebrity encounter you've ever had. Tom Brady this past summer at the match. That's good. It's fair. That's a good one. I like him on that one. Movie. No issues with that answer. Movie you can always rewatch. Uh-oh. Step Brothers and Talladega Nights. All right. Uh, he's my quarterback now, ladies and gentlemen. He's my guy. That's the best answer yet. No, nah, no, no. I saved the best for last. Because that's very specific, too. Best TV show to binge. Succession. Okay. I think that he should start best over ben, Ryan Tannehill day one. Best Succession is his favorite currently. Then he says best binge slash rewatch is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, I'm in. Mic drop. And when I saw this, I yeah, thought of you Chad thinking. If you would have led with that, I, you wouldn't even have to give me the other questions. That's why I, I ended in. with it. Because we're going through. I just want to – and if you – what's the criteria? How many other wrong answers would there have to have been he for him? He had some wrong answers in there, but the last two correct answers to me completely wins me over. The good outweighs the bad by far. Yeah, way, be, way better here. than I expected. I don't see any bad here. I just see Will Levis, who unfortunately had Mel Kuyper call him the best athlete in the NFL draft. Way better than I expected. The, the answer on Step Brothers, it's always sunny, succession, Talladega Nights – has me wanting him to start over Ryan Tannehill <laughs> on day one. Because I guarantee you Ryan Tannehill's answers to this we have changed would the perception. be far worse. How much worse would Ryan Tannehill's answers to this, this questionnaire be? I don't know how much worse. In my eyes, they, knowing, knowing they me, be, they would knowing be worse. Levis. They would be worse. Thank you. They would be worse. Um, but they, I, would yeah, both, I don't, they would both agree with their vacation me, at the beach. Let me clarify. I don't hate any of his answers. I don't hate I know, them. Yeah. There's a couple I could just nitpick and say, feels like he's trying too hard or not being specific enough, but they're all good. And the last two answers are terrific. <laughs> he crushed it. So I don't know how else he could have answered that any better. Other sports he played in high school, there was one that's baseball. He played third base and shortstop. As you might expect. That's good. That's a good common crossover sport for quarterbacks. He was a Patriots fan growing up. He went to training camp. He actually has an autographed uh, football from Mike Vrabel. I like that he's from Connecticut and he's a Patriots fan. I wouldn't have liked it as much if he was a Patriots fan he was, from Michigan. He was born in Massachusetts. I know this because I'm looking at the, his right. The rest of his questionnaire? I mean, I'm, as long as he's telling the truth. <laughs> like Tyler Childers and Drake and Pearl Jam. Newport, Newton, excuse me, Newton, Mass. Where was his dad on draft night? He was there, wasn't he? I never saw him. Now, granted, they had like a revolving door of women next to him. Like it'd be his girlfriend in one moment, then his mom, then Not one of his on that sisters, and then someone else. Was he kind of in it? Is Maybe, that him? I, I is thought that I recall the seeing him there. Well, that previous photo, there's just a oh, guy blurry in the Michael, way in the background on the Michael couch. Michael Levis is his dad's name. His yeah. mom's name is Beth. No, his his parents are together. I, I just I was curious. I never saw him. Well, it's because the camera was focused on Will Levis's face. Well, I think probably and others. ESPN execs were saying, "Hey, uh, Dad, can you get out of the shot? Can we get Sis back in? All right, good. Let's get her back in the shot. Where's did, Gia? Bring her back over. Where's the girlfriend? Uh, excuse me, curly hair. Come back over here, please. Did we, we need just you fall in, in love with Will Levis? 
I, I, I definitely like him a lot more. Honestly, Hutton, I like him most because of your personal interaction with him. Okay. Yeah, but, but just being cool. When about you told it. me that story, I was like, okay, he seems cool. When you went up and, and you didn't confront like, him, but you were no, honest. No, no, I and introduced said, myself. I was like, I hey, man, crushed, welcome. welcome. I've to crushed town. the Titans for drafting you. Yeah. I didn't want them to do it. And then he rolled with it and he said, man, everybody's been crushing me. It's no, no different. Yeah, I mentioned it. Was like, I like that. I'm without kick and I've, I've been against the pick. Welcome to town. If you beat out Tannehill, certainly win me over. And I hope you have great success. Like, we need to get him in studio. That simple. We need to get him in studio. We can play back every mean thing I've said about him. He can respond to it. And then we can end the interview just discussing stepbrothers. We can just go back and forth quoting stepbrothers, me and him. I told him he was welcome to friends. come on anytime. Davey met him too. Yeah, I sent Davey down to uh, shake his hand. What, he was cool with you too, right? Yeah, no, I came up to him and uh, was very polite, made it to where – I mean, just going into it, I mean, you kind of heard some stories about the guy, but he's very friendly. I told him, like, hey, man, like, welcome to town. I'm, I can't say I, – I didn't go as hardcore as Hutton did as saying, like, hey, I've been talking about you. It wasn't hardcore. I was just – you know, I, it, was, yeah. it was a friendly admission. Like, hey, man, like – Hutton physically assaulted him, and then <laughs> it was fine. They, yeah, he, they hit their sandwich <laughs> together out there playing top golf. The yeah. boys will be boys. I propose. He was cool about it, and he didn't give me the idea of he had a big ego based off no, that interaction. So I, that I did appreciate that. It's a very I'm amazed encounter. that I am in New York City and not seeing any celebrities, and you guys stay back in Nashville, and Taylor Swift comes to town. You're golfing with Will Levis. Yeah, I mean, you didn't I didn't see Quentin Tarantino Hutton's, on this trip. Uh, Hutton's punched him in the balls when he sees him. I mean, you guys are just getting after him. I, I didn't go to the Taylor Swift concert, but when I left Topgolf, she started singing Romeo and Juliet, and I'm just like, all right, I got my money's worth. You could just hear it perfectly. Did you right stop and, and pay, oh, yeah. pay your respect I, to the song? Yeah, I gave it I, a good three minutes, got in my car, and went good. off. Good, good boy, Davey. Good boy. That's, how, that's what you do. Coming when up. Taylor plays... Love, the name is Love Story. It's uh, the name it's, of the song, right? I don't know. When she plays Love Story, you stop whatever you're doing, and you pay your respects to that beauty of a like tune. Like Lee Greenwood? Stan? <laughs> Everybody stands like Isn't it amazing? <laughs> Lee Greenwood, I mean, Lee Greenwood's song come on, and there are, like, st- people just stand at attention like it's the national did anthem. Did Lee Greenwood ever cut another song that did well other than that one? The guy is a bowling celebrity based on that song. Now, granted, I don't know anything We've else. We've been how many bowling... Uh, oh, all the time. And he's always had some sort events. of injury. He's got like a wrist injury. He's walking, yeah. walking around with a limp. He's got always very I looked up his songs. You have very God brutal. Bless the USA, and then it's just the Star Spangled Banner and the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, it, it wow. is. A, it, it's insane. He's a one-hit wonder, but to be fair, Francis Scott Key also didn't do a lot more that I, I recognized other than his one big hit that he made. Well, we so, stand at that for a it's reason. It's his second, second national anthem is Lee Greenwood. Coming up, um, speaking of Will Levis and just tying in – Many have the Titans draft, and they've graded it an A. But you really can't grade drafts, and there are plenty of A's. And I don't know. Did you see a D? I never didn't see, I didn't see a D grade this past draft. People love Philadelphia's draft, for instance. We're going to go back three years to 2020 and see what we were and everyone was saying about certain drafts and compare it to what they have to show for now. That's next on Hot Mike. Sixth and Peabody, our location for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. 
Chad, exercise that uh, you wanted to try out, and I'm all for the beer tasting later. That beer, exercise. Beer tasting's coming up in about with the craft 15 beers. Fifteen minutes. Yes. Good. Okay. Yes. I'm making sure we're still doing that the exercise. Craft, yeah, the craft brewing conference is in town. Um, you can check us out by the way on YouTube. Search out Outkick, and we hope you'll subscribe if you haven't already. Check us out daily here at Sixth and Peabody, and on social at Outkick. So. You can take a look at the grades from a couple of weeks ago. There are plenty of A's handed out. Philadelphia comes to mind. The reports that, oh, everyone loves Howie Roseman. Sort of a unanimous A. Yeah, a unanimous A. And by the way, us too. We love the Eagles draft. We won't really be able to see the return on investment for two or three years. And I love what you brought up a couple of weeks ago. It was like, hey, let's take a look at three years ago and see what actually came about. One of the highest graded classes right after the draft was with the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens drafted Patrick Queen and J.K. Dobbins that year. They have Justin Matabuike from Texas A&M. Good job with that name. Devin Duvernay. A lot of these players have made big, big impacts for the Ravens. Uh, you get down a bit. There's James Prochet from SMU, sixth-round pick. And I feel like they had good return on investment based on what we see here and who they drafted in 2020. Yeah, pretty good, not great. Not great. This was an A grade. But so much of the Ravens, I remember this draft class and thinking, so much of my high grade for them is because the identity of the Ravens. Ravens, Steelers, they have a certain identity that when they draft a guy, you think... That's a Raven. I remember thinking about the, about Patrick Queen and what he did at LSU. Yeah. And then when the Ravens drafted, I'm thinking, that's the perfect Ravens pick for that defense. And it's hard not to give them an A in real time. They had five picks in the top 100. Davey, you, you were going through and combing through all the grades. This yeah. one jumped out so, to you. So uh, this one kind of came up. I tried to take a consensus of several experts. I know this was Mel Kuyper's highest-graded team from the draft in 2020. This was also one of those things, too, where you have to look back for this class. It was the year where a lot of the scouts, coaches, GMs, weren't able to meet with the players due to COVID protocols right. and Unless stuff of that Tampa nature. Unless you're Tampa Bay with and, Tom Brady. Yeah, and so <laughs> there were – one, uh, a few teams that I just kind of highlighted for us to go through. And, I mean, we're, we're going to kick it off with the Ravens. And, um, yeah, I mean, we kind of see where they are now. And Now, Dallas is an, a different a different case. High, high grade. Tell me who you recognize, Chad, on this list. Um, you've, you've got plenty. This is uh, one that worked out, I would say. CeeDee Lamb, Trayvon Diggs. Um, you've got a starting offensive lineman in this group, Ben DiNucci, who backed up and actually started some games. Who started some and not been that bad for the Cowboys when he started. So, so far, Davey, this is a, this is a class that you said got a good grade also. Yes. This was a highly graded class. Okay. That makes sense when you see this now. And so we're basically two for two on the highly graded classes doing pretty well. I mean, uh, PFF, they gave us this an A plus right here at the time. And, Third on your list for high grades, Minnesota. Which had a ton of draft capital in this class. And this is one, I mean, obviously you look at, I think, I think there's 14 players that were selected for the Vikings here. Obviously the top name there, Justin Jefferson alone just stands That's out. That's it. Hands done. They, they land Justin Jefferson. And their, their reaction at pick 22 in the draft room, priceless. They wanted him. They had another team draft a different receiver ahead of him. 
and they end up with Justin Jefferson, who's the best receiver in the in the NFL. Chance to do 2,000 yards for the first time ever. Is Jeff Gladney still doing things for them? No. He passed away. He passed away. Okay. Yes. Then no. There, there, there's your answer to that. Cameron but, Dantzler is. Yes. And uh, Troy Dye, I believe, is still. Uh, and K.J. Osborne. K.J. Osborne also jumped out to me. We've got about 15 names on this list, so I'm trying to squint to see all of okay. them. Okay. Poorly graded classes. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it. it's any list this big anymore after this. Uh, Poorly for the graded poor- classes. We start with the Green Bay Packers. David. Which... Yeah, and with the Packers, too, it's one of those things we haven't been able to – a lot of people are still – jury's still out, but if the jury's still out three years later, you probably didn't do a good job. Jordan Love started all the drama. If you could go back, if you're Green Bay, you don't make this trade, you don't make this pick in the first round. I mean, this is a bad class. A.J. Dillon is still the running backup running back for them. But when you say just in theory, you draft a quarterback in the first round – and we're talking three years later, and they've yet to really be the starter. Mm-hmm. That's a failure, regardless of the circumstances. And, and this class was panned across the board. You look at it, everyone's like, why do you not go and get Aaron Rodgers more weapons to work with? And instead, you go ahead and you get his backup, yet you still could have Aaron for another three to four years. And, I mean, really, Aaron's still playing at a high level, and we just now finally get to see Jordan Love take over this season. Next up, New England Patriots. And this is where you started to see the dip. This was the draft right after... Brady left for Tampa Bay. He had, they had just lost the wild card matchup to the Titans in Foxborough. And they follow it up with a draft class that, again, is not going to come across, Davey, as anything other than worthy of a low grade. Yeah, and this is also where you look at it from Bilichek's perspective where it's just like, oh, he's going to go find those diamonds in the rough. And it's just not happened with this guy with this class. I mean, he reached on a kicker in the – the fifth round, I think that was the first kicker off the board, who I don't even think the guy made it out of training camp, if memory serves. Uh, but, again, like Kyle Duggar, it just – they kind of panned it, and it's – I mean, that looks like the experts were right on this one. What we're seeing so far is, for they're, the most part, well, the are, experts were pretty spot on. Well, these are the highest and the lowest, yeah. and they're spot on. And then there are teams in the middle that crushed it that didn't get credit for it. But finally, the, the other poorly graded class, the Houston Texans – uh, Ross Blacklock, Jonathan Grenard. Uh, Grenard is still rushing off the edge. That's pretty much it here, guys. I mean, this is this is why the Texans are where they are. Yeah. I mean, they only had five picks in this class. Not much to work with. Didn't have you a first-round pick. Yeah, they, they did not use it to their advantage for sure. Best classes in hindsight, however. Look at Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Bengals took off around this time. And it starts, of course, with Joe Cool, Joe Burrow. But T. Higgins, who's a number one wide receiver. In a it, number two wide receiver role. Yes. Logan Wilson uh, and others throughout this. Adenogy is on this, on the offensive line. Chad, this is how you build around a quarterback. You if, don't only hit the quarterback, you hit on other picks and around if we're him. regrading the draft three years later, this is probably number one or right up there, right? Even yep. though it didn't get an A-plus from the draft experts at the time. We're looking back now and saying A-plus grade. Yeah, this now, class averaged around like a B-plus. Okay. So not not right there at the top, but, I mean, they're, they're on the edge, and obviously we've seen this team make it to the Super Bowl based off this class alone. We've talked Cowboys, so let's go to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Among the best classes, and this is right after they acquire Tom Brady, Tristan Wirfs, Antoine Winfield Jr., who, you know, is, I believe that Brady faced his dad, right? Yeah. That was the big storyline. 
Keyshawn Vaughn at, at running back who helped him towards the end of the year in a role situation. And uh, a handful of others who, you know, special teams worthy. But it starts up front of the offense. Tyler line. Johnson helped them some too. Fifth rounder. But uh, when you look at this on paper, it's like, uh, you kind of just turn the next page. Yeah. But it helped them go on to win a Super Bowl uh, on this particular year. And worst classes in hindsight. There is a hands-down winner, and it's the Tennessee Titans. Isaiah Wilson. Mm. Chad, your thoughts? Just basically taking uh, a hand grenade and setting it off in your own hand. That's what the Titans did with that pick. Drafted offensive lineman, uh, offensive tackle from Georgia, Isaiah Wilson, who by the end of the season, by the middle of the season, wasn't wanted in the locker room around the vets. Uh, not by the vets choosing, by the front office choosing. They sent him away to get his mind right. And by the end of the year, as they're trying to make a playoff push, Isaiah Wilson is partying on a boat with hookers. Um, if you don't believe me, Google image it. 50, uh, 61st overall pick, Christian Fulton still on the roster. He's been banged up. Darrington Evans, uh, third-round running back no off the roster. Uh, Laurel Murchison, not on the roster. Cole McDonald was a quarterback out of wide that no one remembers. And Chris Jackson, a seventh-round pick that stuck around playing special teams. Really Rough. bad. Rough. What was the grade on the Titans? Universally? I believe they got a B or something. It, it was F. average. Um, I'm trying to think of what's the argument. It was, it, was, you know, it, it was around a B. I, I remember total, the Isaiah Wilson pick bus. being a head scratcher at Ky the time. Kyber actually gave him a C plus, so he had them closer towards the bottom, but like PFF – from an analytical standpoint, those sites were a lot higher on the Which class. with draft grades is bad. Now, the, the, I think anytime you get it in wanna, the C's, that's when it's really I bad. I want to put this in perspective and why this is important. The Cincinnati Bengals were not the team that they are now when we're looking back on this. Meanwhile, the Titans are coming off of a run where they had just made the AFC Championship game, and they're trying to build around that. And you want to see how fast you can fall. You have a draft like this, and you want to see a, a riser Look at Cincinnati. Also, look at Arizona, who's among the worst drafts in this particular class and where they are now. They had just drafted Kyler Murray the, the, the draft prior. They had the eighth overall selection. They go with Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Simmons, who's listed as a uh, linebacker, but plays safety, uh, plays on, on, the, on the line of scrimmage. He doesn't have an assigned position, and he's the eighth overall pick, and he still doesn't have an assigned position. Yep. Josh Jones, uh, Rashard Lawrence on the defensive line. You know, Benjamin's a late-round pick. None of these guys are factors for what the Cardinals are trying to rebuild instead of build upon. Uh, mentioned the Patriots, and then finally the Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders, Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, Brian Edwards, who, by the way, I loved, but is just a reception uh, possession receiver and then that's it that's how quickly you can get fired and I remember loving this class and it's a lot of SEC guys right with Lynn Bowden Jr. also from Kentucky who was a great two-way player quarterback mm -hmm. wide receiver for them do everything guy gadget Brian guy. Edwards another do everything guy but it's once again sort of guys without a position and they had two first round picks in this Went with Ruggs, who on the field is as dynamic as they come. We know and now he's... Yesterday, pleading. pled guilty to yes. vehicular he's, homicide. Yes, and then 
Arnett, who everyone thought was overdrafted, turns out they were right. And this was Mike Mayock. This is Mike Mayock and John Gruden, who are no longer with the franchise. Chad, I think the exercise is interesting because the overall perception can be reality on the top of the line. You know, the highest graded classes kind of meet up with where you actually think that those players are. Meanwhile, I bet this class got a high grade and they're among the worst. And it's due in large parts of two first round picks. That's going to help you because a lot of the draft analysts are going to have these players as first round picks. So they want to be right. And they're going to give you an A plus based on those two picks because they also had them in the first round. Always wondered if human nature, if you're a, a draft analyst, you're Mel Kuyper, you're Todd McShay, and Mike Mayock, who went from being draft analyst to GM, I wonder if that would cloud your judgment, good or bad, on his classes. He's got to help you. Because those guys have all thought about what they would do in a front Yeah, office. you know what I mean? Like when they're giving grades out, I wonder how that colors their opinion of his draft class. If, if they had a rivalry with him as a draft analyst, does it make them lean a little bit negative towards it or positive because he's someone from their industry that moved on and crossed over to NFL GM. What's your takeaway from what we did, just looking back three years? It was, um, to me, shockingly pretty spot on in terms of the really good classes with the good grades and the b bad classes, the bad grades. I think the big takeaway is the, the classes in the middle that at the time would be, you know, B minus C plus grade that turned out to be A plus. The one thing I do like wanna, Cincinnati. I do want to yes. add about this class that you seldom ever see, but there were four quarterbacks drafted in the first round in 2020, and all three, well, the first three, Joe Burrow, Tua, Tonga Viola, Justin Herbert, all had their fifth year option exercise, and we just saw Jordan Love agree to a contract extension by one year. That's true. It's rare that you instead of the fifth year option. The one, yeah, yeah the one, yeah. One gets the benefit of not having played Jordan Love, so we don't really know yet on him. Hit us up with your reaction. You can join Chad in the chat on Outkick through the YouTube channel. Coming up, we will uh, hit some other headlines. Get you ready for the tip offs across the NBA and uh, check out what's on tap here at Yeehaw with the Brewing Company and Sixth and Peabody. That's next on Hot Mike. Glad you've been with us throughout the show. Chad, do you think Philadelphia closes it out tonight in the series with Boston? I do. I do, too. They're back home. I'm in on Philly. Okay. So, and Eastern Conference or... Finals will be Philly and Miami. And I think we're going to see Lakers nugs in the Western Conference Finals. I hope both those series live up to what the second round was, which was fantastic. These series have been great, and I hope the Conference Finals will be the same. Hopefully just more of the same of the NBA playoffs with good games yeah. on, on tap Well, tonight. I'm hoping for long series once we get to the conference finals and, and, and then the finals also. I know Phoenix was down, but with Durant, who knows? They're, they're down, but they're not out. Um, I'd be down if this happened in my apartment. So there's a, a video of a guy. There's a pest control company with one of their uh, employees urinating all over the floor. 
um, for a, an apartment complex that uses this pest control company under contract, uh, chasing a cat around the room. And, you know, I guess he, he did actually spray the pesticides. Is this how he sprays? But he's peeing on the floor, the couch, the kid's toy box, and then he notices a camera on the wall. Stories at outkick.com. Chad, what would you do if you found this based on just cameras, you know, in the home, motion detectors or whatever? I would want him both fired and prosecuted. Yeah, this is sick. For vandalism. I mean, I would go all out to make sure that he was arrested and paid a hefty fine and or served jail time and also could never work in pest control again. The family spent over $4,000 replacing the carpet, the couch, and other items that had been urinated on. When asked why he decided to urinate in the family's living room, he gave a crazy answer. He said that he was having a bad day and he was sick of people. Well, at least he was honest. It's not that crazy to me. <laughs> We've all had bad days. I mean, We're sick of people at times. You know he was on camera, The right? only difference is between that guy and the rest of us is we don't walk into someone's living room and, and piss on the floor. That's the biggest difference. David, your thoughts? Yeah, I was going to add, this was actually the owner of the pesticide oh, company. The so, yeah, but he is facing criminal charges. The worst part about this, though, is the family didn't... Owner or not. They didn't realize, like, this had happened until, like, a couple of days later when they went back and checked, and the man actually peed on their daughter's, like, toy box. So she was actually, <sighs> like, playing with those toys after the fact. So, I mean, that just makes it even worse. This guy's just like, yeah, like you said, I'm just having a bad day. It's like, well, then, I mean... What even crosses your mind to go, do something like this? Go pee outside. He's drunk. Yeah, that could also be it. <laughs> drunk, bad day, yeah. hates it's, kids, it's apparently. Just does some better. Wait a minute. Let's zoom in on that guy look at, again. Is look this, at the, the cats are just staring at him as he's peeing on the, uh, the furniture. <laughs> it's a really, it's maybe one of the saddest photos ever taken. <laughs> Two cats just playing. I mean, there's one thing Whimsically for sure. Whimsically in the background, guys, guys peeing not, on some furniture. One thing's for sure, this guy's not sober. Right. I wouldn't think so. He's on something. Yeah, he could have had a, a better beer, though, from Yeehaw Brewing Company. We're about to not be sober. Craft Brewers Conference uh, continues. Chad, you're trying the Red Rye IPA made right here in Music City. Brooke loves a nice rye, I think I heard. Malty right? yet dry spiciness from the multiple different rye malts used. Your thoughts? Oh, this is good. This is good. Complete opposite reaction that I had to that tart raspberry beer yesterday. This one right here, this sticks. I'm going with the White Oak Rye IPA made here in Nashville as well here at 6th and Sorry, Brooke, I'm drinking this one. Aged on American White Oak chips to really blend all of the flavors together. White Oak chips? White Oak chips. Is there a, a method to and that's beer very tasting? Good. That's very good as well. Do you smell it? Do you do the wine I don't thing? do anything like that. Do you reverse it in? Or you just taste it. You just drink beer, Chad. That's a that's the good that's the, what I like about beer. You just drink it. Chad, you've been uh I'm gonna I'm gonna try the one you've already tried, which is the Carolina Classic. You go with the cold IPA. Okay. This hops give an aroma and a flavor of tropical fruit and citrus. This is the cold IPA from Greenville, South Carolina. I'm going with the Carolina Classic, also from Greenville. A clean, it's crisp insane. American lager. It's a great beach beer. Cheers. It's been a, a great week. Beer. I realize it's Thursday. They're wrapping up the conference today. It's been a great week with uh, Yeehaw Brewing Company. And a special shout out to Old Smokey and Yeehaw. Great partners of ours here. We're, we're here every day, downtown, 6th and Peabody Studio. But great host to us. We've made a lot of friends within the company. And uh, always fun being here in Hutton. We look right outside every day. 
and it's a party going on right outside the studio. We hope to bring some of that party into the studio with us. That's why we have random beer tastings. When they have a craft beer festival going on in town, you know what we're going to do? We're going to enjoy gave some up, of that beer. They gave up their world awards last night here at 6th and Peabody for all cool. the craft brewers. Um, tomorrow, we've got full reaction to the NFL schedule. We know all the top games, at least some of them, from across Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, doubleheaders, Black Friday games. We also know the culprit who did not vote Nikola Jokic in the top five of their MVP voting. We will have that for you tomorrow. He's a well-known name. We know the culprit, and you know the name. Join us. You know it. 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Central. We will be live across the Outkick Network for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Hope you'll join us for Friday as we send you to the weekend. Say my name.